was not really the census. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to Everyday Superhumans, the podcast to restore your faith in humanity. I'm Charlie. And I'm Kyle. And guess what? We're back. Yay. <laughs> For everybody's curious, like why we took so long off, we have a mini sode planned where we'll do like a by the by of what happened in the past year and a half of our lives. Yeah. But for now, we're gonna focus on the content of this episode, which is election season. Who's yes. excited about election season? Who's excited about the primaries? Woohoo! Yeah, <laughs> this is an exciting time. <laughs> Kyle yeah. made me a civic nerd. Yeah. <laughs> so, I love reading about city policies. I, I mean, I work for the city, so I take a lot of passion in that. And I will had our first guest on our revival slash reboot slash whatever. Uh, it's not a dark and gritty reboot, so don't worry about that, guys. We're just going to be the same old fun, dorky host that we've always been, spreading the good cheer of community help around here in Austin. But yes, I've been a huge fan of civics. And for the past, what, three or four election cycles, I've been a huge fan of the League of Women Voters Voter Guide. And because of that, I was like, Charlie, we got to talk to them first. <laughs> So uh, Charlie and I sat down with Joyce, their president, Grace, chair of the First Vote program. We'll get into mm -hmm. that in the episode. And Quinine, who is the chair of outreach for League of Women Voters Austin area. And it was their 100th anniversary oh, of being around. Yeah. So fun fact we'll get to in the episode further. The League of Women Voters Texas has been around longer than the actual national branch. Mm -hmm. We get into that. We get into more details later why because that's true. <laughs> everything is better in Texas. <laughs> yeah, everything's so bigger. So that's why we're first. first. Yep. We also talk about their new initiative that they have going on called Vote 411, mm -hmm. which actually this morning I was using that tool to research my candidates. It's this like online tool where you put in your address, your zip code, and it tells you everything about a candidate and it lets you compare multiple candidates side by side especially during stressful times like the primaries, like when there's like 50 candidates for every position. Mm -hmm. It really simplifies the matters a lot. But for those of you who are registered to vote for the primaries, uh, go vote on March 3rd, and then the general election is November 3rd as well. All but, right. Yeah. And welcome back, everybody. <laughs> We're back. We'll start with you, Joyce, about the history of the League of Women Voters and also the League of Women Voters Austin. The League of Women Voters is a nonpartisan political organization. Uh, we're proud to be nonpartisan, meaning that we neither support nor oppose any political party or candidate, but we are always working on issues that are important to our members and to the community. Um, the League of Women Voters Austin area has been around for 100 years. Congrats. We just celebrated our 100th birthday in October, along with the uh, Texas State League, and there were four or five other uh, local leagues in Texas. Whereas the National League's birthday is coming up on February 14th, 2020. So a lot of people are, are surprised that we're actually older than the National League. Yeah, how's that happen? Um, well, when the 19th Amendment got uh, ratified by uh, Congress, then it needed to go to each of the states to get ratified. And Texas, believe it or not, was the first southern state huh. and the ninth state overall to ratify the 19th Amendment. And so... Uh, the uh, League of Women Voters was really born out of the suffrage movement. And so as the 19th Amendment got passed, various leagues across the country got formed. And so when the final 
think it was six months before the 19th Amendment became law, the National League formed. So that was February 14th. So, you know, we're, we're continuing to celebrate 100 years. That's fantastic. As I understand, the League of Women Voters is more than just about women now. It's about everybody, correct? Right. Yeah. You know, we had a spotted history like a lot of organizations or groups back a long time ago. Um, but we really made a concerted effort. I don't, we don't really collect stats on our membership, but you know, we have men in the organization. Um, we're really working hard to work on how we do things so that we become a more diversified. Cause I always say, I think of the league as like our democracy. It's better if everybody participates. Yeah, for sure. And so that's true of the league as well. And so what do we need to do to be more inclusive and making sure that we're hearing all voices and they're all participating. All right. Well, also with us, we have our two volunteers as well. So let's talk about how you two got involved with the League of Women Voters. Well, hi, I'm Quinn Untran. I'm a recent UT graduate. When I was at school, I was really involved with um, civic engagement organizations, particularly with trying to get Asian American students to vote. So I was a member of an Asian American social justice organization at UT, and we got involved with registering Asian American students to vote, voter education, hosting events making sure that Asian Americans, and especially younger Asian Americans who, just because of the intersection of like young people needing to get um, voting and Asian Americans being one of the lower turnout um, ethnic or racial, racial groups. Um, so um, I did that. And so after college, um, I'd been working for a state representative for a couple of months. Oh, and I got, awesome. yeah, I got asked um, by, a, by a league member to join um, to be community outreach chair, um, which would mean reaching out to different communities in the Austin area. And I'm just really passionate about that because I think it's important for all Austinites to be a part of the political process because change doesn't happen unless you vote and unless you organize. Um, so I became community outreach chair and I've been in that position ever since. Nice. Hi, I'm Grace Thomas. And similar to Quinan, uh, I got started uh, on UT's campus. I was doing voter registration uh, with mainly Texas Vote, which is run out of the Nat Strauss Institute uh, for Civic Life at UT. Uh, and I was doing a lot of tabling, uh, getting a lot of students registered. And when I graduated, um, I really wanted to keep doing that. Mm -hmm. And the league was such a great uh, outlet to do it. Uh, and because I was doing so much uh, tabling on campus, you know, you get a lot of student-specific questions. Um, you know, everyone has very similar questions when they're doing like voter registration. But when it's students, uh, sometimes they have like particular things like. Where can I get registered? Can mm -hmm. it be at my parents' house or my home address over here? So um, there's also like a little bit of like differences when trying to do like voter outreach with students, uh, just because of generational differences. Um, so because of all that stuff yeah. happening in the background, uh, First Vote, which is a high school voter registration mm -hmm. program mm -hmm. uh, that the league operates in Austin, um, that's kind of where like I easily fit into. So now I'm the chair for that, um, and oh, it's wow. just. Yeah, it, it's really cool just like getting to use the knowledge uh, that I built uh, firsthand uh, into like actual programming in uh, Travis County Schools. And then even outside too. I mean, I feel like we are getting like a ton of people from different counties asking for our curriculum and to do what we do here out there around in Texas. Oh, nice. Uh, my yeah. sister's 10 years younger than me. She just turned 18, so she's ready to vote this election. I wonder, she's in Colorado. I'm not sure if they have... Uh, 
first vote there is it yeah. Ooh, maybe maybe we should yeah. talk yeah, no, we <laughs> should. <laughs> let's get first vote at our school yeah. is it in every state yeah and dc and um i think there's also some international now oh, as well okay. that's exciting but, but don't quote me on that <laughs> one well no so we're the Back austin check. area yeah, austin so area, it's yeah. one of my is, um, i actually live in leander <laughs> so when i joined the league i was making the big push to make sure people say austin area <laughs> <laughs> the reason why we want to talk to you today is because it's 2020 election year so how does the league operate during an election year and I know you have so many programs that we can't cover them all today. So which just kind of pick and choose the ones that you want to talk about. The ones that I'm interested in mostly is a voter guide since I use that every election. Yeah. I use that for I think the recent one too for the amendments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we produce a voter's guide for absolutely every election, not just the major elections. Mm-hmm. So even if there's just local elections, we will do a, a voter's guide. Um, we only print the voter's guide for the major elections because it costs a lot of money and that's what we're upcoming is uh, we're having our big fundraiser on March 25th called the Celebrating Democracy Dinner. That's how we raise money to pay for the voter's guide so that we can give it out free. And we right now we do it in both English and in Spanish and we are actually hoping to expand that to other languages by the general election, but that all depends on fundraising. So give to the league. Um, (laughs) So the voter's guide is kind of how most people really know us. Mm -hmm. Um, If you've heard of the league, it's like, oh yeah, I use the guide. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that is uh, the biggest thing that we work on uh, over the year. We're actually right now doing editing on the uh, March primary for the voter's guide. There's the paper version, and then we also have it online on our PDF. But mm. really, what we want to have people start using is a tool called vote411.org. Um, that is a tool. It's owned by the league, and it basically has the voter guide um, interactive online. So you enter your address, and it only brings up the ballot information for where you live. Oh, that's really so nice. So you don't have to yeah. go through. And then you can compare um, candidates or side by side Um, we also do ballot measures we'll at least do um, what the language on the ballot and then translate it so that people can understand it Um, because ballot language is usually pretty yucky yeah it definitely (laughs) is that's why i like the guides Um, so much and then depending on timing um, we we will sometimes do pros and cons Um, but yeah we we produce one for every single election even if it's just local elections and local elections are just as important oh, as agreed. those um, presidential and Senate races. I work for the city of Austin, so those elections really impact my job. I would just like to add about the vote411.org and just the voter guides in general. Just having someone do something for the very local elections is such a big deal because you'll see a lot of people trying to cover stuff like statewide. So when you're talking about John Cornyn or like Ted Cruz or something, but not a lot of people talk about like down the ballot uh, candidates. Um, And just like, you know, there's like a ton of other organizations that try to do um, some kind of like questionnaires for the candidates, mm-hmm. but uh, the League of Women Voters usually gets 
like a lot of local candidates answering questions, whereas sometimes, you know, you might not know where to find information about local candidates where on all, the, all those other questionnaires. So it's also a really cool thing that the league is able to do just to have that organized effort. And the, the voter guide for the March election will be out um, mid-February. We always get it okay. out just be, uh, at least a, we try to get it out uh, just before early voting. And so it just partly depends because we are an all-volunteer organization. That's mm. another important thing to keep in mind with us. Yeah. We are 100% volunteer at the local level. Mm. That is interesting in of itself <laughs> so <as a> <laughs> of how to get everything done that we want to get done. As the president, is your time all-volunteer too? Uh, yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. You guys are killing it though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's just a phenomenal group of people and, it, you know, it is. They're, de- you know, the dedication and passion that people have about really wanting everybody to participate in our democracy because that's how it's going to work best is if everybody participates. So how do you research the voter guide then? Do you like email the candidates or do you go to them in person or what's the usual strategy? So the way it works is we do it through the vote 411 tool. um, And so we put our questions up there. We send them uh, all, anybody who's running for the same race, we send them the exact same questions. We have a group that comes up to, with the questions. We try to make them as unbiased as possible. We spend hours wordsmithing them mm. to make sure that they're not leading. And, and we try to make sure we're on topic for what might be happening locally that will be of interest to the community. Um, so we send these exact same questions to this, um, all the candidates running for the same race. Um, they have like a week to send answers back. Um, we do not edit their answers in any way, shape, oh, or form. Good. So that's if they good. spell something wrong or <laughs> we do have ground rules, um, and if they don't follow those ground rules, we might put something in there where it says this part of the response did not comply with our rules. Mm. So bad language, talking about their opponents. <laughs> they, they, it really is trying to force them to talk about what they mm-hmm. believe and uh-huh. what they are going to do. Then, yeah, then we lay it all out. We have a, a great company, Moto Publishing, um, that is uh, working with us to do the layout. Uh, we've now partner also with um, Austin Chronicle to give us the discount, their rate for printing um, to help cut the costs a little bit. Um, but they also will be putting the voter's guide in um, one of theirs. I think it's the oh, February cool. 21st edition, I oh, believe okay. is... Okay. Um, where the voter's guide is going to be. And then we also put it in all the public libraries, the okay, printed that's versions. Great. Yeah. And the PDF is great online too. I love that. That's why I always read it as a PDF. Uh, yeah. Use vote 411. You'll like <laughs> okay, it much yeah, better. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard of vote 411. Yeah. I didn't know that was legal one voters that ran it though. Yeah. So it's PDF is old school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, old school, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> People will talk about uh, Travis County being over 90% uh, has voter registration. Mm. Now, voter turnout is much lower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, um, our voter registration person, who um, his name is Michael Keller, uh, he's our chair for voter registration, um, he ha- talks about, well, that's a little misleading because people are always moving in or moving different places, and every time you move, you have to re-register. Mm-hmm. I just did that recently, um, twice yeah. this year. And oh, I didn't know that. I guess <laughs> I've always lived south mm-hmm. in yeah. the same um, zip code. Now, it, if you moved house, if you moved oh. locations, you need to re-register okay. because what will happen 
is if they try to, every two years you get sent that voter registration mm -hmm. card. If it gets returned to the county, um, I think they try two or three times. If it keeps coming back, then you get put on a suspense roll. Huh. And then if you don't go vote for two years, I think, that's you'll get purged from the voting rolls. So it's really important if you move. Okay, yeah, Charlie gets <laughs> Note yeah. to self. All right. Yeah, and if you move within the county, it's easy to re-register because mm. that you can do online. Yeah, that's so nice that the county does it, but the state, not so much. I was just going to say, um, as a VDR, I think it's always... I always have to try to remember to say, are you registered to vote at your current address? And I think it's important to remember that our Texas's voter registration requirements disproportionately impacts renters, it disproportionately impacts low income folks um, and young people because we're such a mobile population. So, and I, I think that's part of the reason why I wanted to join the league too, just because in a state where it is very, very difficult to get registered, and to vote, and where so many people are disenfranchised, how do we make democracy work? And how do we make sure that people get the information that they need to be able to make informed decisions? Um, but yeah, Austin, I mean, as housing costs continue to rise and as more people are renters, um, it's really important for the league to be in different communities in Austin, making sure that people are always registering at their current address. Yeah. Uh, especially when we're talking about young people um, and voter registration, um, there's a lot of myths that you have to like expel for young people, uh, particularly like the 17 to 18 year olds and whether they're in high school in their senior year or they're on college campuses, um, whether it be at UT, community colleges, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people think that you can only get registered when you turn 18, uh, which is... Uh -oh. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's which what actually, I <laughs> well, um, you can actually get registered earlier than that. Uh, at, when you turn 17 years old in 10 months, you can get registered. Huh. Uh, you just have to be 18 years old by election day in order to vote in that election. So even just telling someone like that simple information just really helps them just kind of start the whole process of getting registered and participating in the political system. Um, and when we're doing that in high schools, Especially in classrooms, I feel like it's really powerful because, you know, a lot of these students have to be in their classroom. It's kind of like that. Mm -hmm. uh, what is it? What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that uh, captured audience. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds bad, but it actually has a really big impact on like what they're taking away. And, you know, especially for those groups of people, um, the people who need this information the most probably aren't see uh, seeking it out at all. Mm -hmm. uh, so when they're uh, when we're like in high schools or we're in these communities, you know, partnering partnering with a lot of different organizations, um, whether it be other nonprofits or even like government, I mean, uh, FirstVo is a partnership with Travis County. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's not just the league. It's, it's truly a partnership. Yeah, that's cool. It helps us get into all these different communities and try to really like help them as much as possible. Do you also go to like events and like have like registrars go there and like kind of walk around and get people registered to vote or how's do you do registrars, I guess, but registrars? Yeah, so if an organization contacts us and says, hey, can you come do voter registration, we do that. Um, we also have a great partnership with um, Alamo Draft House, and so either particular movies, they'll have us come in, but right now uh, we are in the Lake Line and Mueller and South Lamar. Um, every weekend on Saturday and Sunday from like 6 to 10 o'clock, oh, registering wow. voters. We 
try to do uh, different festivals. Like I think we were at MLK, the Women's March. And so we're just around. And so sometimes we approach venues and other times they'll contact us to say, hey, can you come do voter registration? I'm a huge civics nerd. So the more I hear about people trying to get people involved into like politics, I'm like, yes, yes. Like like Alamo working with you is great. Uh, Those who are listening in, we're actually in the Alamo Draft House headquarters right now recording this. It's fantastic. So there's a lot of national attention. There's a lot of attention on national issues around voting rights, but mm-hmm. I just want to point out that there are a lot of things happening at the state level where and we're going to be in a legislative session mm-hmm. next January, and there are so many issues where people can get involved right here in Austin that would make things easier for people to vote. Um, shout out to my boss, but every <laughs> session um, she files a bill to pass online voter registration. Um, It has not passed, um, but she's filed it every year because we are, I think, now 38 states plus D.C. have online voter registration. Texas does not. Texas's um, voter registration requirements are very old age. We have to register on paper a month before the actual election day. And that's something that people can advocate for at the state level, too. Um, and I mean, that's just calling in your state legislators, going, going to meet them in person. If there's a hearing, um, showing up at that hearing and there's stuff that you can be doing at the local level too. It's not just trying to pass bills at the national level. Yeah. I went to a, as a state rep, I can't remember his name, but he was really informative and our entire legislation system is something I wouldn't expect. Like it's like five months long, it's mm. constant crunch time. You don't sleep in that time. Yeah. Only every other so, year that yeah. they meet. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, so it's, it's really important that all these things are heard and at least get to the floor for discussion because it's only five months and I can only think three of them they actually vote on. I don't really remember the specifics, but yes. it blew my mind. So um, bills start going. Oh, I actually don't remember. It was all a blur in my head. <laughs> um, I, I blacked out. <laughs> but I think I think we start voting on bills on the House floor in like February or March. Um, and it's crunch time. And this year, it's going to be a redistricting session, which means oh, nothing no. much is going to get done, which is why talking about the census is really important yeah. and making sure that people are engaged in redistricting because it's a once-in-a-decade opportunity to make sure that we have fair maps. So how is the league helping out with the census then? So for the census, we're really part of the Austin-Travis County Complete Count Committee. And we're all about awareness. So we're not actually being census takers, although we are encouraging people to become um, census takers in our Mm -hmm. membership, but we're not actually doing that ourselves. But we're all about awareness. So as we're doing voter registration events, we're also trying to uh, let people know about, hey, there is a census. Um, It's on April 1st. This is the first Mm -hmm. year that you can do it online. Um, If you can't fill it out, there's still the paper option. And just providing that information about the census. Um, I'm hoping, we're hoping to develop some materials that we can pass out uh, at our voter registration events. The Mm -hmm. Austin and Travis County Complete Count Committee is going to be rolling out a website soon um, with a lot of information. It's also going to have a map where you can put in your address and then it'll pop up where you can take the census that's closest to you as well as like FAQs and stuff like that. And I think it'll also show where hard to count areas are. So historically, um, some hard to count populations are like people of color, immigrants, 
parents, young children under five, and that's why the league is um, is trying to push outreach to those hard to count populations because if there's no complete count, then those communities won't have resources, right? For folks who are listening, uh, a big controversy that came up um, for the census was the citizenship citizenship oh, question. Yeah. Um, just wanted to address it. Um, so um, the Trump administration um, wanted to put in a question into the census that would ask people their citizenship status. There were a lot of groups that um, opposed this just because it would it would alienate a lot of immigrant and undocumented communities. But I think some folks are still thinking it would be in it, but it's not in the census. No one will be asking for your citizenship status, but that's sown a lot of discord in communities that are already hard to count. And it's really important for everybody to participate in the census because Federal funding money um, is dependent on that. Um, the redistricting um, is also dependent on that. And I th- if I'm remembering correctly, if we're even, if Texas is even undercounted by one percent, I think it's like three hundred million. Three hundred million dollars yeah. of federal funding will get less of that if we're just even one percent undercounted. So mm-hmm. it really wow. is important to make sure that everyone in the census doesn't have anything to do with citizenship and that's why um, that's such a bad question Um, and so it really is important for everybody to participate yeah Yeah, you don't want to feel attacked while (laughs) while doing the census yeah it should just be there for you said just for budgetary and redistricting it should be all about that shouldn't be personal stuff it shouldn't be yeah it impacts programs like the snap uh, Mm -hmm. the children's health care um, all of those kinds of programs um, that get federal funding are impacted if we don't have a complete count. Yeah, just to follow up with it, it one person not being uh, in the complete count would be like hundreds to thousands of dollars um, Yeah, being pulled from your community, your local community uh, throughout a decade, a full entire decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like everyone matters for this. That's really cool, though. I mean, that's <laughs> that's cool that everybody does matter. I mean, it puts the emphasis on the people. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I hear people talking all about uh, how big Austin has been growing um, the past few years. You know, everyone hates our roads. Everyone hates the growth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you know, like sitting in traffic and everything. So it's like this is where you get to see where you just say, I live here uh, mm-hmm. coming to fruition. It's trying to fix problems like that. And when you just pull people out of that, that 1% or something like that, it's like you will see it throughout the past decade if you don't just say, I'm here. Sorry, I can't try and steal the mic. Oh. <laughs> I, I, just, I just want to interject and say, like, there were bills filed during the legislative session that would have created a statewide complete count committee and would have put funding into that complete count committee, and we said no. So we have to, yeah, it's down to like the grassroots level, so to speak. Yeah, it really is. I mean, the Census Bureau has some funding, mm. obviously, but the complete count committee is um, Travis County and the city of Austin has mm. put in a lot of money to help get uh, this area counted. That's fantastic. But be- because there wasn't funding at the state level. Mm -hmm. And so all of the um, local governments and local nonprofits and and organizations, not just nonprofits, because I know there's like a complete count committee of like media and everybody. So everybody realizes how important it is and is putting a bunch of effort into it. 
um, but uh, yeah, Texas chose not to fund it. That is so disappointing. <laughs> I was actually on the way here, I was in the middle of a KUT story about how that's going to affect rural communities by cutting that state funding. Like Austin, we're a big city, we could support that, but smaller ones like in West Texas can't. Do you remember taking the census 10 years ago? I was in college then. I don't know if I actually did it. So, sorry, yeah. I'm in Texas. <laughs> what do they do it for colleges, the university? So um, similar to uh, jails, you know, elderly facilities, uh, if it's like a college-owned dorm or apartment or something, the college will take care of that count. But okay. if you live in an independent um, kind of dorm or apartment, so like a lot of people in West Campus at UT or something like that, you're going to mm -hmm. have to fill it out on your own uh, just because that's not college-owned, so they're not mm -hmm. going to take care of it for you. Okay. Well, thank you, Texas Tech, then. So that's the census. Let's uh, say now it's election day, or since we're in Texas, it's early election time. What should somebody do to be prepared? You know, educate yourself about how you want to vote and what candidates really fit your values. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, the great way to do that is vote411.org because <laughs> you can compare the candidates. Uh, you can go to their websites, but do your research and be informed. And like Grace mentioned before, it's going to be a really long ballot and because uh, with all the local races and so mm -hmm. forth. And mm -hmm. so this is the first year also that we don't have um, straight party ticket voting anymore. Oh, yeah, oh. Right. Yeah. You, yeah, you can't just flip a switch and vote yeah. all the down mm -hmm candidates mm -hmm. so you have to go through all of those so be prepared um, know that you cannot bring an electronic device mm -hmm. into the polling booth with you but you can bring in a voter's guide yeah, or you can good. bring in a piece of a paper so what the way I do it is I actually print the sample ballot for the county oh, yeah, and yeah. then I use vote 411 online and I mark it up and then I bring that into the polling booth with me so that way it's very efficient mm -hmm. because as you mentioned there are new voting machines and voter turnout was really low <laughs> yeah. for the constitutional amendments bad. which is the first time that we used those machines mm -hmm. so really encouraging people to do the early voting because election day uh, it's going to be rough it's going to be long um, because of the long ballot and the new voting machines do early voting. And also, I remember those machines, like they print out the sheet, you gotta scan again, right? Yes, so yeah. that was an issue where uh, don't keep that ballot, <laughs> that because that is your ballot. When you do your selections, it prints out your ballot and how you're voting. That's not a souvenir. That has to go into that second machine, otherwise your vote will not get counted. Oh. An electronic paper ballot. It's the right. same system. So you, you did the constitutional one? Yeah, I did the constitutional one. one and I, I yeah, haven't done it. the ballot for me and they told me to go to the machine and scan it in there and it'll just take the ballot oh. from you. Yeah, it's called I, a paper trail and it yeah. implemented just because of bipartisan concerns that um, votes were being changed in, oh. in the system. So I know uh, some people were saying that like like last election, not the constitutional amendment election, but the one before that, like they would vote like straight ticket and then they would go to the end screen and see some of their votes had changed. And I don't think uh, that yeah, was ever yeah. validated. Yeah. Right. But I think there's, there was just a lot of fear that yeah. you just don't know mm. when it's just electronic, what things could change. So now you have a paper trail and you can check 
to see if all of your votes were recorded properly, and then you can put it into the final machine, That's and then it great. goes off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I was like, this is confusing. I'm sure it's deliberately confusing or not, but that actually that is yeah. a really good system. It's better than that spinning wheel oh, thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's actually a touchscreen now too, right? Yeah. I'm using a touchscreen. Yeah. It, yeah. it reminded me yeah. of old phones. Yes. <laughs> like the You're not old enough phones. to remember yeah, old phones. Yeah. I do. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I, I just want to add that I wouldn't say it's necessarily confusing as it is just different than yeah, from what we were doing beforehand. True. But the poll workers are always really, really nice and they're there to help you. Mm -hmm. So if you ever have issues, feel free and ask them because that's what they're there to do. And let me also give a plug for becoming poll workers. Um, you know, lots of times people complain about there's no polling locations and mm -hmm. where there used to be. Mm -hmm. And part of that is dependent on the number of people that they get volunteering to be poll workers. Mm. Because you can't have a poll polling location if you don't have poll workers. Yeah. And so um, Travis County right now is mm -hmm. um, looking to um, hire and bring on and train more poll workers. It's just all volunteer, right? It's not like the census where you get paid. So no. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, you, oh, yeah. you get paid. It's not a lot, <laughs> but know, you do get paid and you get trained. <laughs> financial incentive. Yeah, and it's also pretty temporary, too. So if you just need something, like, pretty quick for the next two weeks, like, it's a good way to get quick money. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Fast cash. Right. <laughs> That's how they should advertise yeah, it. <laughs> Can I make a quick... Addition. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if you're ever talking about voting um, or like, you know, registering to vote or just actually doing the thing voting with other people, totally one, do it. Uh, if you're talking about it with your peers, it's going to be really effective, but also be mindful of rhetoric. So I, I noticed like sometimes we're talking about like, oh, this is difficult or voting in Texas is restrictive. Don't use that terminology um, with other people mm -hmm. just because it has a negative effect on whether they're going to get registered or turn out. Yeah. So just be mindful of like how you phrase it. Okay. Yeah, and, and if you're going to go vote, bring a friend with you. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. really. Make it, yeah, actually, my, uh, my girlfriend... She and her friends actually did an outing together. They yeah. were in the what, not 2016, 2018 election. They all went to a polling center together and voted there. And I, then go have a lunch or yeah. a drink afterwards yeah. or yeah. something. But Celebrate. yeah, talk. You know, people are afraid to talk about politics these days because yeah. it is mm -hmm. uh, div can be div divisive. But mm -hmm. if you just focus on wanting everybody to participate and everybody to go vote and encouraging them to do that and, and telling them how you're going to go do it, mm -hmm. um, that can have a very big impact on making other people go vote as well. Let's move on to the do final you, question. Uh, you, you yeah, you the final question. I wonder, yeah, wonder if our audience remembers it. But <laughs> if you were a superhero or a superhuman, what superhero would you be? And what power would you have? And why would you have that power? We identify with Wonder Woman. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. When Wonder Woman came out a few years ago, Alamo Drafthouse um, invited <laughs> the League of Women Voters to that, and, and actually we got some of the proceeds. And we really identify with Wonder Woman because, you know, she was about truth, strength, passion, perseverance. Um, and so be in the league, you have to have all of those qualities, <laughs> uh, being an all-volunteer organization. Uh, we really do a tremendous amount. Stay prepared this election season on vote411.org where you can learn all about every candidate out there and who, what they stand for so that way you can be the most informed when you go to the polls. 
Also, if you want to support the League of Women Voters Austin area, check out the website lwvaustin.org where you can stay informed on all their events, fundraisers, volunteer opportunities, and so on and so forth. They have a lot of programs. We talked about that in the episode. There's even more on that that we even talk about. Check out the website. It's great. And be sure to check out the new Everyday Superhumans website, everydaysuperhumans.show, where we have all the show notes and all the resources from this episode and many more. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at Everyday Superhumans and Twitter at SuperhumansCast and Facebook at Facebook.com slash Everyday Superhumans. And remember, not every hero has to fly, so grab your cape and let's go. LWV Austin. Welcome to LWV Austin. League of Women Voters Austin. League of Women Voters Austin area, technically. League of, okay, League of Women Voters Austin area. Okay. And I also put the wrong acronym on here. (laughs) LWC, LWV Austin area. Boom. There we go.